like it is recording. Okay. Um, yes. So where everyone has, everyone raise your hand, please. If you've done your health check and you passed. Okay. Will's become muted again. <laughs> Wait, that, he raised his hand. Okay. Okay. okay we're good. Um, hello everybody. Uh, welcome. This is a podcast. I think, uh, we are game busters. This is a podcast from gamebuster.com and we are coming to you live from, uh, Zencaster, which is a new thing we're trying. Um, so yeah, we are, uh, we're, we're kind of looking into the future. We got one foot in the future and one foot pointed towards the metaverse. Um, because today we are going to be talking about Persona 5. Um, we are, I want to upfront say that we are going to be focusing on Persona 5. We are going to have a separate Persona 4 episode later and possibly one for Persona 3 as well. But, um, yeah, so let me introduce everybody. So, uh, Rhi is actually off today because she is actually just getting started on playing Persona 5 for the first time and didn't want to get spoiled right before going in, which I totally get. This will, I want to say up front also, this will be full-on spoilers for Persona 5. Um, we're going to try to stay off of story spoilers for Royal, though. Um, okay, so yeah, today with me we have uh, re- the returning Persona champion, Kate. Hi, I'm Kate, and yes, you did hear someone say delicious pancakes. Oh, that was good, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth, do you have some sort of a catchphrase? No, I don't, I'm just here. Okay, uh, and uh, we have someone uh, new with us at, at Game Lister. Will, why don't you introduce yourself real quickly? Say a little bit about yourself because I don't think people know you here yet. Okay, so I am Will. I've been a writer for a while now, a big JRPG fan, and uh, got into Persona Five. I mean, in the last year, and loved it to bits. So excited to be here on the podcast, and I love pancakes. Okay, I think that's everything anyone would ever need to know. Um, I hope so. All right, so, <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's go ahead and jump off. So, uh, Will, have you listened to any of our previous episodes yet? I went back and listened to the Resident Evil special, uh, and good lord, the science plots in that one had me, uh, some of the stories I heard from various games uh, had me in tears of both joy and confusion. Yeah. And you know, in the case of in the case of such things, they often go hand in hand. But uh, everybody, Especially welcome on this to the podcast. Hall of- oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we are headed to the Hall of Fame Luster uh, again. If you haven't been with us in a little while, we are located on the Majora's Mask Moon. Uh, things are going well. We have funding from Elon Musk, and we were able to use that to buy a portion of the moon. And yeah, things are things are going well. Stitch um, from Lilo and Stitch is actually sort of our kind of become the curator of the Hall of Fame luster, just for the sake of really being the only one who's able to survive up there. Um, Good for him. I support yeah. that. How close the, is the, uh, the moon to crashing into the Earth at this given moment? It's it's actually pretty far off. Is I'm our thinking that safe. <laughs> I think that the building is safe right now. I think what we might do is sort of like have a thing where there's like some where where like maybe something big is going to be happening and we sort of just count down to it uh, with like you know days until we crash into the earth. Three um, days. Three yeah, days. yeah, we'll have three days. Um, yeah. So everyone, the Hall of Fame luster uh, this week, we're going to try to find the most stylish villain. Um, so everybody, and I, 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 just for a future reference, if I don't say like video game, it can pretty much be from anything, but like, um, yeah, so this can be a stylish villain from really any sort of media, but, uh, they need, they gotta be stylish. So, uh, we'll go and kick it off with Kate. Kate, who did you bring with you? 
There are so many answers that it's literally killing me not to give right now. But I have brought with me the ultimate fashionista, Junko Enoshima from Danganronpa. Oh, wow. Why did I like not even think of that? Jesus. I think it's Junko is the correct answer. I think there is a correct answer and it is Junko. Her title. Yeah, that, it, might, it might be the right answer. Stylishly. So she is a villain. She is known the world over for her style. What more do I need to say here? Yeah. Um, wow. All right. Well, I feel like a fool. Elizabeth, who do you have? I've brought King Richard Windor from Tales of Graces. Um, you're gonna have to. You're probably gonna have to. I'm gonna need a visual aid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, hang on. Let me. Let me get one. He looks like Howl from Howl's Moving Castle before Howl dyed well, his Howl. hair. That was pretty stylish. Hang on, let me grab you a picture. Because yeah, I so, gotta I gotta rep ooh. my I gotta rep Tails games. I gotta do it. Yeah, no, I mean there there are there there aren't that many other people who are gonna do it. You gotta do it. No, it's gotta be me. Hang on, let me get you a picture. Uh so the uh is go. this this is a king? Okay. He's a king. Alright, so the the image I'm looking at, uh yeah, it does. It does feel a little bit Howl's Moving Castle. This is a stylish character. I will grant you that. Um, I like the contrast of the colors. I, oh, this yeah. palette works for me. I the like blue it. and orange is working. Yeah, he's, he's rocking it. Um, okay, and Will, who did you bring? I mean, I feel woefully under-equipped now that I've had a look at the other two, but uh, I went with uh, some kind of classic Gothic style. I went. I went Dracula from Castlevania from the Castlevania series because I feel oh, okay. I mean, looking man. I know. I it was hard for me because I feel like even though he's a stylish villain, he's not always even the most stylish person in his own games, basically. But uh, I mean, he he gets shown up by his own son at times, but I still think he's he's rocking his looks the whole way through that series. He has to inherit that fashion sense from someone. That's that's yeah, true. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I have elected to bring with me, uh, from the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, uh, my friend Girahim, uh, who is, uh, I think he's pretty stylish. I don't know if he, I think he more just exudes the, uh, the style because he keeps looking at Link and like licking his lips with his big tongue. That, yeah. Um, (laughs) and it's, it's unsettling. Um, but uh, I do love his, his, his flamboyant clothes and his big dances. Um, yeah. So I'll put him in here. Uh, man, I feel like sh- I feel like shit. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Kate, what, where are your votes going? Oh you have man, two votes. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna vote for myself because I think I yeah. was incredible. I displayed incredibly, uh, self incredible self restraint in not bringing it- any of my actual favorite villains. Um, hey, I thought Junko was one of your favorite villains. <laughs> oh, she is. She is. Just uh, I didn't bring the one who is literally the first thing to show up if you Google image search trash Jesus. Trash Jesus. <laughs> do it. Google image search trash Jesus. Everyone do it at home. Play along. And uh, he does, in fact, actually show up. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to vote for Junko, and I am going to vote for the pretty house moving castle man. The first thing that shows up is a a garbage bag that has the words on it, Jesus Jesus did not die for trash. Jesus did not die for trash. Yeah. 
And then the next picture is Arden Azunia from yeah. Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> I told you, I said Google Trust. My when I when I Googled it, it automatically tried to add Arden to the front of the. Uh, <laughs> okay, come on, this is the freaking Persona Five episode. We can talk about Caitlin. Okay, 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 okay. Um, sorry. Okay, so Kate, where was your second vote going? Uh, to the the pretty. Elizabeth, what's your guy's name? King your Richard. His name's King Richard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I vote for him. He looks pretty. It's like how He does look pretty. Um, all right. Uh, Elizabeth, where are your votes? Mine are also going to Junko and Richard. Hey! Okay. <laughs> I have um, to vote for Junko, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Okay, ooh. Uh, Will, where are your votes going to go? You have two votes. I'm going to throw... Obviously, I'm going to have to go one for Junko, but I'm going to have to go for... <sighs> Girahim. The tongue. The tongue does it for me. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, the tongue is the opposite for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. Um, I, on- oh, I honestly don't know. Um, I'm definitely giving one for Junko. Um, I want to show... Uh, hmm, I'm trying to decide. I'm going I'm to give one to myself because I'm greedy. Go I for it. I need an ego boost today. Um <laughs> But yes, uh, of course, uh, Jinko Inoshima, the ultimate fashionista slash the ultimate despair, <laughs> who's both, somehow both of those things, and I didn't think of her, is, uh, is, uh, is of course Jinko our winner. Was, oh, Jinko um, was my immediate thought. Yeah. So uh, welcome Jinko to the to the Hall of Fame luster. I I don't know if she's going to survive long up here either. We we haven't figured out the oxygen situation is the problem. Um, we keep inducting people into the hall, and they keep uh, na- nature is killing them. I why think we've had we, to say for legal we reasons. Could, we could, why don't we make the hall like a like a Madame Tussauds kind of wax museum where we oh, induct yeah, people, wax. but it's no like a wax anyone. statue of them? Oh yeah, everyone's gonna come. No, what am I saying? Of course, everyone's gonna come look at us, a wax statue of Junko Inoshima. Of course, they are. I think this was uh, the best the best week to well, get wax statue. Nirav, you do have to you do have to understand that they do have to make it to the moon first. <laughs> I, I don't and know. I've been looking on at Reddit. It, it seems like we're well on the way to the moon. I keep saying to the moon. We're all going um, at some point. Actually, well, this space moon is this moon is rapidly approaching Earth. So no, space travel canonically exists in the Danganronpa universe because in Danganronpa three, there's an ultimate astronaut. Ergo, they must have invented space travel in their. Oh universe. my god! I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, I guess they did. Um, I can't argue with that. Uh, okay, great. Uh, welcome, welcome, Junko. Let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> we don't God. want to spend any more time with Junko than we have to. All right, welcome everybody to Bustums. Uh, this is our main segment. Uh, it's we are actually talking about Persona Five today. I keep forgetting to change the whole thingy. Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, if anyone's not familiar with Persona Five, um, I don't know how you found this podcast. First of all, <laughs> uh, who are I don't know what cross section of society you're from, but um, it is a, a a JRPG from uh, Atlas, uh, which is a, a Japanese uh, studio, and uh, yeah, it's a big big deal. Uh, one, uh, it's a huge award winning series, pretty critically acclaimed. It's uh, not a big seller. I found out today. I thought it sold more copies. Didn't sell a lot of them. Really? Yeah, but- I learned that the other day. I follow yeah. Atlas's Twitter, and they're like, Persona has sold like I think it was like four hundred. Persona Five has sold like four hundred thousand copies. I'm like, only four hundred thousand. It's it's more than that now, but it's like, yeah, it's not. They're not doing great. Uh, which is why the we'll get to the Sega acquisition though. All right, so 
yeah, I'm just going to do a brief um, like look back through how uh, how the series got started with the Megami Tensei franchise and everything. Um, so this this persona, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, it's just one aspect of the the huge juggernaut in Japan that is the Shin Megami Tensei franchise, um, which has a lot of a uh, lot of points. Uh, but yeah, they started back with their first game in 1987 called Digital Devil Story: Colon Megami Tensei uh, that came out on PC and NES, which is dope. Uh, Digital Devil Story is a really cool name for a game. That's a dope title. <laughs> it's also say. a really cool name for a band. Oh, Ooh. it would be. Um, so, uh, just for reference, Megami Tensei means Rebirth of the Goddess, uh, if anyone's curious. Um, so in 1990, uh, Megami Tensei 2 came out, and then a spin-off of that game called Shin Megami Tensei came out in 1992. Shin, the word Shin just means, like, true or real, and so, like, or new, in reality... Like Shin Godzilla. Yeah, okay, fair enough. New. Yeah, that's what I thought like, in this context. What I'm thinking, yeah, what I what I was thinking was like, can you imagine if like Banjo Kazooie came out and then like two years later the same people released a game called Real Banjo Kazooie? <laughs> yeah, I really like how they're like, was? this is a spinoff, but it is, <laughs> this is the real no, this one. Is... This is it. Um, yeah. So, like I said, this one's called uh, Shin Megami Tensei is the the spin-off that kind of kicked it off. So the 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 two Megami Tensei games that came out first were like barely barely popular enough to uh consider making another one. Shin Megami Tensei really did hit it off and um as as far it as far as being a uh, you know a JRPG in 1992 it did pretty good numbers. Um these games were pretty much just visual novels that were interspersed with turn-based combat. Um but yeah, Shin Megami Tensei really like began to like make a name like people might have heard of this before so in 1995 uh they made a spin-off of that game called shin megami tensei what if so we're two spin-offs deep okay yeah, I was stay, like, how many spin-offs me. deep are we two Got stay it. with Put me a spin-off your spin-off we haven't even got to the persona spin-off spin-offs yet no we haven't yet so in shin megami tensei's what if <laughs> which I guess was Marvel also did later. Um, they put all the characters and the mechanics into a high school setting. So this game then was spun off into a game called Revelations colon Persona. So this this game is retroactively just called Persona 1 or just Persona. Um, but this game is set in the town of Mikage-cho and it follows a group of high school students from St. Hermelin High who are forced to confront an outbreak of demons. So pretty good starting point for the Persona series. I think that sounds right. Um, followed up by this was Persona 2 Innocent Sin, set in the coastal city, summer city, or coastal city of Sumaru. Uh, the story follows Tatsuya Suo, a student of the Seven Sisters High, as he confronts phenomena generated by reality-altering rumors. And then there was a direct sequel to that game, called Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, which was set right after the ending of Innocent Sin and follows a different character from the previous game. Why are you mentioning the only important thing about Persona 2 Innocent Sin? What is that? You fight Hitler and he wears sunglasses. I was going to ask if anyone wanted to talk Add about that it. Add that to yeah. my replay Could list. Could you... <laughs> yeah. So who's has anyone played Persona 2? I've yep. been meeting to, but I haven't yet. You have, Kate, you said? I have. All right. Could you? Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about it, just briefly? Um... Well, most of the game, it uses a rumor system where you can decide to make certain rumors true or not. And the ones that you make true do everything from uh, getting you extra items to making combat easier or harder to ultimately 
resurrecting Hitler to fight against, uh, because you can spread a rumor that a lost, like, Nazi battalion was frozen in your town. Wow. I, so is this a situation where I go to, like, my friend and I'm like, hey, did you hear I have three max potions in my inventory? Pretty much, actually, yes. <laughs> That's very good. I like that a lot. Um, so this was followed up by Persona 3, of course, which was their first, like, actual hit. Um, this one made it pretty big in Japan and actually made it fairly big over in the West. And it was the first one to really make it over to the West and brought the whole Megami Tensei series with it. So this story takes place in the town of uh, Iwatadai. I think I'm saying that right. Iwatadai. Uh, following yeah. Iwatadai. Uh, following a group of students known as the Seas. <laughs> and they fight uh, monsters that appear during a time known as the Dark Hour. It this is a very dark game, and I'm pretty sure I, I I don't I haven't played this one, but I've seen a lot of it. I think there's a lot of shooting yourself in the head with a gun. Yeah, there sure um, is. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to tell us about this one a little bit quickly? Elizabeth, go. Oh, me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, it does follow the the particular persona like formula. That's this is I think where the persona formula really started. I want to say this is the one that introduced yeah. social links. Yes, um, it is. Yeah. And, uh, man, what what do I have to say about Persona Three? Without there spoiling, some, there's, it. there's music. music <laughs> oh yeah, good. music is very good. Was this the one that started um with Lotus Juice too? Yeah, yeah, I think Persona so. Three was like Burn the my big. Bread. <laughs> yeah, I want to say Persona Three really kind of like solidified what the series w- is going to become by the time Persona Five rolls around. Yeah. Right. If you were somebody who played Persona 5 and you're like, I want to play like the older ones and see how we got here. Really, you probably just need to play three and four. Yeah. Like one yeah. and two are great and they do exist. But like they are a whole different like animal, you know? Yeah, really I want to play Persona 2, but I'm really daunted by setting. the battle system. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, Kate. What you saying? Um, the only thing that you really have in common is that they're all in a high school setting. So all sure. Persona games are set in a high school, which I don't know if it was necessarily the best choice in Persona 5 because you have a bunch of internationally famous phantom thieves that we're supposed to believe are somehow also high school students. Yeah, uh, I mean, some of the demons are the same studies. throughout the series, the Personas. Yeah. But those are the same in SMT, too. Yeah. Like we'll, Mothman. We'll Mothman's um, the best one. And Mara! Oh, no, Mara's uh, the worst one. <laughs> And we're, we're going to find out in our Time for Games segment how well you do remember those Personas. Um, okay, so uh, we get to Persona 4, released in 2008 on PS2 in Japan and the US, and then a little bit later in Europe. Uh, this was remastered and added cut content into Persona 4 Golden. Uh, and they uh, I read a little bit about this. Persona 4 Golden added some stuff that they wanted to put in the original, but due to hardware limitations, couldn't get in there. So yeah, that's that's the one to play for sure, and it came to PC via Steam in 2020. Yay! Um, oh, since we're talking about Golden, I do want to mention Persona <laughs> Three had that too. They had a Persona oh, yeah. Three FES, FES yeah. that added an extra like post game segment. Yeah, and then Persona, and then Persona, 3, Persona also 3 Portable had Persona Three Portable, yep, where you could play PSP. as a female protagonist. Yeah, and the they never did it again. The, yeah, they never did it again. <laughs> She's the only one in the series. <laughs> Persona 4 sort of started out the trend of a million spin-offs because we got two fighting games and a dancing game and uh, a lot of the main characters appear in fighting other fighting games that aren't Persona like Blast Blue Cross Tag Battle. Well, yeah, so. now they have their models. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, now they can do whatever the fuck they want. So <laughs> yeah. in Persona 4, 
there's a rural town uh, called Inaba. Uh, and there's a group of students that investigate a bunch of killings and there's like a bunch of fog and then there's like the midnight channel and then Teddy's there, you know, we'll get to it though. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like I said, we'll do a separate episode on Persona 4 because there's definitely enough to carry an episode in there. Um, It'll just be me talking for an hour about how nice Inaba is to visit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're at Persona 5. We made it. Uh, all right. Wow. This is it's it's only it's only twenty minutes in. This is so much faster than we normally get here. <laughs> we speed run it. Um. So development began. Uh. So what I'm going to do, sorry, is just kind of talk about the development and history. Uh. And you guys can interject if you have any thoughts on stuff, and then we'll kind of get to the the themes, the story, the characters, how we feel about stuff. Uh, after that. Cool. Man. So. Uh, development began under uh, Atlas's in-home studio in 2011, and they were developing for the PS3 right after finishing the game Catherine. Real quickly, has anyone played Catherine? No, I only know nope. the collected edition yeah, comes either. with underpants. Um, Not my kind of game. <laughs> it didn't really look like my kind of thing either. Um, it looks like, I, I don't know if I understand correctly, you you jump up a bunch of boxes and then like a lot of women want to have sex with you? Yeah. Yeah, that's how, uh, from what I know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, anyway, some people swear by that game, but I think they're also weird people. All right. So uh, development of Persona 5 took right around five years. Um, the reason for that long production time was that they created an entirely new engine just called the P engine, which is not great. <laughs> like P, the letter P, uh, but still. Uh, it's made specifically for Persona 5 and has only been used for the Persona games and their uh, and the spinoff, uh, the dancing all night one. Um yeah, so uh, that took up really most of the production time on that. But this game was directed by uh, Katsura Hashino, who had directed nearly every game in the entire Megami Tensei franchise up until then. This is um, that was Persona Five is their last game, right? Yes, that was his last game. So Hashino stated this would be his last Persona game, and he looks forward to seeing how fresh minds can tackle that franchise without him around. So he's he willingly stepped off that series and said, like, I I'm I've done what I can do with Persona. Um. Yeah, so the production staff at the start was only 40 people, which I was like blown away by. That's cr- yeah. That game okay, is, I can understand why it took so long now. <laughs> yeah, it's like incredibly small for such a large-scale game. Uh, by the end of development, they had 75 people on the team. Only 75? Yeah. Oh my so God. Seven, yeah, basically 75 people made that game. I mean, like, it's, it is incredible to me that they, like, were able to do it with such a small staff. Um, but yeah, uh... So this is a, a very small uh, staff for a production of that magnitude. But uh, one thing to note that's cool is that uh, Atlas hired, like when they were getting started, they hired uh, Na- Naoya Maeda, I think, um, as the lead designer who had previously designed uh, Trauma Center and all those games. <laughs> Ooh, oh, <yay>. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So oh, anyway. I always forget that Trauma Center is an Atlas game. But you do like you yeah. do like fight a god at the end, right? So it's it's an Atlas game. <laughs> oh yeah, it fits in the Pantheon for sure. Um so in uh so in twenty thirteen, mid development there, Atlas was acquired wholly by Sega for a very small sum of only hundred and thirty three million dollars. I it's crazy to think about like somebody buying Atlas for that much right now, but like at that time that is I guess what they were worth, you know? Yeah, um, that's crazy. It was Persona three and four were a lot smaller than Persona five. They were a lot smaller. Sorry, Will. I was just saying, if you look at look at the games now and look uh, at where the franchise. Uh, but is anyway, yeah. So, uh, sorry, I think we're losing you, Will. 
You're bouncing out. Oh, your health your health check is failing. Oh no. Hello? I I can't hear well. Me neither. I can hear him every once in a while. Mm, it says I think it says that his like uh connection is bad. Internet connection. For once it's uh, not me. Oh, we lost him entirely. Oh uh, god. Yeah. He, well, he might have just left and, and restarted. Oh, yeah, he's in Mementos. Don't worry about yeah. him. Um, yeah, we'll see if he pops back in, hopefully. Um, okay, so, yeah, like I said, uh, so, uh, Atlas was not doing super well at this point in time. They were kind of barely hanging on, and they had actually expressed interest in being acquired by a larger company. Um, and so they kind of opened up an auction for bidding and Sega came in with the highest bid at about, like I said, $133 million. No, um, it's different, but <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like at about, that's why I said about, it was 14 billion yen, I think is what I saw. Oh, okay. My bad. I just, I translated it into dollars. Um, yeah. So like I said, these games have all been critically acclaimed, like pretty much all the Megami Tensei games were very well received, but none of them really could be described as big sellers. Uh, so the studios at Atlas were at that point broken down and reconfigured into the amazingly named studio Creative Department First Production. Okay. Um, we love. I love their work. Um, Creative Department First Production was going to be responsible for all for the Shin Megami Tensei and Etrian Odyssey series. P Studio is the second studio that was made specifically to do Persona, and the third studio was called Studio Zero. So Hashino, who I mentioned earlier, who did Persona Five and the previous games. Uh, oh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna see. Try restarting. Futaba's hacking our system. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, you've been hacked, or whatever. What did she say? <laughs> she doesn't say that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what anyway. does Futaba say? <laughs> I don't know. Like. Here, take the speed boost. She doesn't say that either. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what. We don't know. Caitlin, you're the one who played Persona Five the most recently. Yeah, but yeah. I know Futaba wasn't the one I was paying attention to. Uh, Understandable. Oh well, no, Futaba's cute. I love Futaba. All right, so like I said, um, Hashino uh, moved over to lead Studio Zero, and he's currently developing an original IP fantasy RPG called Project Re Fantasy. Um, oh. yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious. He said that's going to be an entirely new IP, new world, like a very he said he it, it was the setting could be described more as like a Final Fantasy-esque thing. It's not going to be set in an urban environment or the real world. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. So the final game uh, of Persona 5 did end up retaining that turn based combat system. But it's interesting to note that um, in a lot of the earlier drafts of this game, it was actually live combat. That they were trying to pull off. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, hey, Will, are you are you back now? Can you guys hear me? Hang on, tech. Yeah, yeah we can. can. Awesome. Hey, you passed your health check. I love it when that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we we're just saying that um, one of the early uh, design drafts for for Persona Five was actually like an action based system with some like real time elements in it. Um, that idea. And ultimately got scrapped, but like that kind of, uh, they kind of wanted to add those like command elements into the battle mm-hmm. system. Uh, so you, you can see a little, a few elements of like, um, 
I don't know. I, I like with with commanding, like you know, uh, fellow party members and things like that, and uh, setting up and the uh, the baton pass stuff. They wanted it to feel a little bit more active, basically, and like you know, the one the one more system. So like that that was kind of the idea was to like they ultimately wanted the a turn based system to feel like as exciting and fast paced as live combat, which I think they absolutely accomplished. Yeah, I think yeah. they accomplished that. Uh, so, major new addition was the inclusion of the unique dungeons with the locked layouts, as opposed as opposed to like you know the the randomly generated dungeons in the previous ones. So this was done like you know to to kind of give it more of a thematic like cohesion, and then also like they wanted to provide the veteran players with like something totally new. I think Persona Four had not randomly generated. Wait, were they randomly generated? Uh, how many floors each dungeon had and certain things were set, but the layout of the floors could change. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I know there was in, in Persona 4, there's the big orb with the big tongue. What's What does he do? That's a lot later in the game that I can talk to you about. Okay. Um... So the uh, negotiation system was actually kind of a fresh thing for Persona 5 because it was uh, it was in the earlier Persona games, but then disappeared, if I'm right. Yes. Yes. And if I may share one of the funniest moments in the series yeah. is in Persona 1, the tr- rather interesting translation of one of the negotiation options was mimetically uh, rendered as Mark danced crazy. And nothing else. <laughs> Love Mark. Love his work. Tear um, it up, Mark. Yeah, so yeah. you could get uh, demons. Oh, Mark's like, fucking going over there. Holy shit! Having Mark dance crazy. Did it um, work? Yeah. So I mean, there were certain demons that were susceptible to it. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. like which demons? Just like how there's if like, I was yeah, a demon, that's I would be like, oh fuck yeah! Look at this dude's moves. <laughs> so, uh, this this man will lead us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. E- in, instead of how Persona 5 handles it, what 1 and 2 did was each party member had their own negotiation tactic, which could be debating, arguing, flirting, or Mark danced crazy. <laughs> okay. Those- <laughs> That's, That's a very awesome good to list. Know. Yes. Um, so, uh, like I was... Uh, uh, so, the negotiation system, if you're not familiar with Persona, basically, like, think about... I, I like to describe to people Persona as, like, Imagine if, like, in Pokemon, you were in a battle and, like, you just, like, told Bulbasaur, like, I, I think the universe is a great place and we should all explore it. And Bulbasaur was like, yeah, you're right. I, you agree with my worldview. I think I'm going to follow you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty much what it is. So, like, what you're doing when you battle these personas, these demons, you can uh, knock them out, basically, or knock them down on the ground and then uh, surround them. And then there's an option to either do the all-out attack, which is like the big, cool, stylish, ultimate move. Or you can uh, negotiate with them and kind of go through some dialogue prompts. And if you answer them correctly, you kind of have to read the demons, mean, you know, like um, their mannerisms and like kind of like their demeanor. Yeah, how they see, talk like, is a big... Yeah. Like some will and, be nervous, some will be aggressive, some will flirt with you. It's They're, they're like people. I mean, they have personality groups. Yeah. And by, by you have to kind of read the situation, figure out like, okay, what does this person want to hear from me is the ex- important thing. It's not like what is the most – like if they're, if they're being flirty, it's not like me flirting back is going to work every time. It's, it's what, what is this character wanting to hear from me to appeal to them? 
And if you can figure that out and continue the conversation, then you can convince them to work with you. And then you add another persona to your, uh, to your Rolodex there. Now I want to say that Persona 3 and Persona 4, actually the enemies weren't the same demons that you use as personas. In Persona 1 and 2, yes, because of the negotiation system, the enemies that you fought were all variants of personas that you could use. So Persona 5 actually brought that back. In 3 and 4, the enemies were just random recolored shadows. Uh, like, I I don't, I can't... The, uh, the thing that looked like a jawbreaker with a tongue... The first enemy oh, in yeah. Persona yeah, 4. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. okay, those, okay I those, aren't, those aren't personas, but they're just shadows. So you can't convince yeah. them to come with you. You just beat them up. Aw. Poor Sad. But, yeah, I think the, the, the negotiation system really adds a lot to the to the series. Because like it, it makes you kind of look at like each of the monsters you're fighting and be like, do I want one of those? Huh. Yeah, exactly. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> It is exactly like Pokemon. I mean, like, po- po- I-, I think everyone has said by now, like, Persona and, and five, as five specifically and Pokemon share, like, more than a little DNA um, in how, how all that works. But, yeah, so um, you guys, uh, we were talking about Catherine. We're back on it. So the original uh, design for Persona 5 was done in the same art style as Catherine, if you know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, they designed all the characters that way and then were like, this is not right. This doesn't feel right. And so they kind of started from scratch and went with a completely new art style. Um, so they they kind of did a lot of trial and error. I think they went through like five or six finalized versions of what Joker's outfit would look like before they picked one. Um, because they kept, they kept like running into the issue of it not looking like something a real person could wear physically. <laughs> but we, some of the outfits certainly don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a persona game. We expected that one. Right. Right. Um so uh the the team considered all the previous the, the all their previous, you know, persona games to be like really fun and like fans loved them, but they were not well marketed. So no, they what they wanted to do was design like a UI in a way that like such that the UI would catch people's attention. They certainly um, did that. They definitely did. So that's why they went with the big, you know, the thematic coloring. Uh, they used red, of course, as their base. And they wanted to, like, invoke this, like, harsh feeling of, like, take your heart, right? Get it. I remember um, seeing the very original, like, preview images. And they were these, like, like very stark inside of a jail cell where you, with, like, text that said, you are slave. Want emancipation. Yes, that's what I saw. It was, like, a chair with, like, a, like, a. Uh, like a like a chain around it yeah and said welcome to prison jackass <laughs> that was the very first that was like the year I got into Persona they announced Persona 5 and then they were like it's going to be for the PS3 and then it never came out and then it got delayed again and then it got delayed again <laughs> you and I were in an 8am class when they dropped a trailer uh, the trailer that first revealed Ryuji and An's personas you and I were in an 8am class and the minute the class got over we ran to the dining hall and just watched the trailer over and over again <laughs> bam, I bam. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I had known about that before. Like I, I didn't actually find out like 
persona, I guess, existed until I think 20, like 17 ish. I think, yeah, when I went to Japan, because I remember that was when this was late 2017. So they were in full marketing for the Persona 5 animation, like the TV show. And yeah. so like those posters were everywhere in Japan. Like, Literally I went to Japan everywhere in 2018. Yeah, the animation was still coming out. Oh, I lived through through Persona 4 or 5, the game coming out in Japan. And it was, yeah, it was everywhere. You'd go to Akihabara and Joker is just staring down at you from on yeah. high. Yeah, we went, when yes. we went to... Uh, Oh man, I think it was the anime in Ikebukuro. They had like a huge persona display. Oh yeah, it it got yeah. marketed aggressively over there. And yeah, and it is worth noting that only happened because of Sega. Like if this if this had yeah. still been Atlas as an independent company, we would have probably th- this game would be nowhere near as large as it is now. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I have to say, like, would Joker I'm, of still course, be in Smash if it was just probably Alex? not. Honestly, I would yeah. say no. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because there are a lot of times with these big acquisitions where it's like, you know, it's like it's sad to see co- less companies becoming independent and like everything just becoming like there's five companies and that's it. You know? Yeah, but, like how animation uh, is. <laughs> but like, this is one of those things where like the studio was saved by being bought by sega like yeah, i i think I they would have probably closed down otherwise and hey, sega has that good good dancing game technology that we can certainly That's use true. to make a persona game <laughs> we just all we have to do is take the just dance meshes and we put the persona skins on them and then we just sell it out <laughs> i'm convinced uh, that's how we got the dancing game i mean who we might as well have uh i love it I've not played the dancing game. I've seen, I've watched uh, like the cutscenes from it because I'm, I can't stop myself. <laughs> I played I'm no it good in at rhythm game. games, but I've looked at some of the cutscenes and the costumes, especially like where like Makoto just starts like crumping. I'm like, yes, more <laughs> of this content. Um, okay, so yeah, like I said, the the UI was supposed to like kind of find a balance between like user friendliness and style. I, I remember they actually mentioned, I saw they mentioned that like they had to like tone down the UI because originally it was so crazy that like people couldn't see the screen most of the time. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I would it. actually like to see that version. <laughs> yes. That should be the um, So the, the pers- Yeah, th- that should be like Persona 5 Royaler. <laughs> Royaler. <laughs> Did you just say Royaler? Uh, yeah, Royaler. The more royal. <laughs> So uh, the the personas themselves, the monsters, were designed. This was very fascinating to me. This is apparently how they've always done it. They um, they would look through literature for um, weird looking names of creatures, monsters, deities, anything, and then without referencing really like what it was or where it came from, they would just try to draw it based off the name. Oh, and that's really cool. Sounds like yeah, a YouTube yeah. challenge, like an art YouTube channel. Yeah, would actually, say. if you like. If that sounds fun to you, you should check out Drawfy on say, YouTube. It like Drawfy <laughs> would do. Yeah. That is what they do. <laughs> Drawfy has um, done Persona episodes, actually. Actually, yeah. So there we go. Um, so this was kind of fun. Uh, Sayo Yamamoto, who had previously animated Yuri on Ice, uh, was the animation director for this game, and so she used her inspiration from her own previous work on Yuri on Ice to create the opening. That's um, why the they're opening. figure skating. Yep, that yep. is it. Mm-hmm. Why did I never make that connection? That's my favorite damn anime. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm happy for you. (laughs) 
I I I legitimately still sometimes just go like watch that that opening and just like look at it just like forlorn and like I'm so sad that I can't see this again for the first time, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well. Uh, so she wa- she wanted the energy. I don't know. Okay, actually, maybe you could tell me more about Yuri on Ice, but she's like, I want the Yuri on Ice energy to come across in this game. Um, <laughs> just like- I I think that it it's a. Oh god, I don't even know how to because Yuri on Ice's energy was just really gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, well, the Persona uh, game did, could be gayer. Did but they? Did it? It really? could be a lot no. gayer. I, I guess I would say that the like graceful movement of the characters' fighting styles, I could see some of that. Like, it's there's a it, there's a very kinetic focus, like movement, like the way that you know you you can interact, especially in Royal when you have a grappling hook, the way you can kind of. interact with things in the dungeons the way you move in battle i do think that maybe she used the focus on motion from from your there's not much yeah um so uh a very very important part of this game and i think a one of the primary reasons for its success and mainstream appeal is the music um this uh, this has one of the most legendary soundtracks of all time, pretty much up there with like the previous Persona games. Yeah, like per- Persona has pretty much always like ruled the uh, the soundtrack world. But like, I-, I think if you asked a large number of people, you'd find Persona Five on a lot of people's top ten of all time list. Oh, it's got to be up there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, remember um, how happy people were recently when it got put on Spotify finally? Oh my god, I lost games, my right? mind. Finally, yeah, all of them. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, this game was composed by, uh, so composed, produced, and performed by, uh, Shoji Maguro. What a champion. Love him. Uh, he, he did all of the previous games too, so love yeah. him. Love his work. He's very talented, He's obviously. staying, right? He didn't decide yeah. to yes. switch. Yes, oh, he, 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 he is still on Peace Studio. <laughs> he will <laughs> never leave the Persona I feel like series. he's more essential to Persona than, uh, Hashino. <laughs> I, I, I think you may be right on that, honestly. Um... So uh, many of these tracks were done, of course, with the uh, singer Lynn, who I think is a lot more famous now than before. <laughs> but um, she's a jazz and soul music singer. Um, she's the one singing on pretty much most of the tracks in Persona 5. Lynn did a performance um, at the Game Awards, didn't she? Yep. She did. And she's excellent. Excellent yes, it was performance. Great. It was the best part what's of the What's y'all's favorite Persona 5 song? Just what's y'all's oh, favorite? Oh, yeah, we talk about that. I, uh, ooh. I think Life Will Change is still my favorite just because it's so classic. But, like, I really, really love the – if it, uh, Blooming Villain is also up there, like the um, the boss battle music. I, I rock out to that, like, literally all the time. Well, uh, I know, I know, you, I know you're a big fan of Rivers in the Desert. You've made I that do, known. I in fact, own a shirt that just is just the lyrics to Rivers in the Desert just on the front of the shirt and there's nothing else on it. Just – all of rivers in the desert. I also really yeah, no, like the I, ending I, theme for Persona Five. Am I the only person who likes it? I think I am. No, that's a good one too. It's just the, it? it's just the credit song. It's called "The Stars in Us." I think it's what it's called. Um, I have to look that up. I yeah, can't call to mind which it one it is. Um, my sister's favorite yeah, so, is "Beneath the Mask." Oh, the no, one that's that plays my favorite. That when you one. get home. Where have you gone? Yeah, the one that plays when you get home. The ultimate rainy song, that one. Yeah, that's such a good song. Oh, they're all good. Um, I want every I want everyone to know that a lot of the lyrics were written by a guy named Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Benjamin Franklin's so... are essential to, uh, you know, life as we know it today. I also yeah. want to add a shout out, not an official persona song and actually something Elizabeth introduced me to, but go on YouTube if you haven't already and listen to the You're Nothing Without Me duet between Xander Mobus and Robbie Damon as Joker and Goro. It is a work of genius. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds very fun. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll link it to you after this, boss. But like they sang in character. It's a really like old show to like little known show tune that they rewrote from the point of view of their characters. Okay. Okay, that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, so, uh, like, of course, of course, every, I, I, it, this is one of those memes now, basically, where it's like, wow, this is, this, uh, this has got some Persona 5 energy, and it's like, that's just called jazz music. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> and the people who are like, why does the new Tweely game look like it was, it's set, it looks like it's Persona 5? It's because they're both set in Shibuya, you idiots! Shibuya. <laughs> idiots. Um, specifically acid jazz is the, the specific subgenre that, um, Maguro used to describe the music of Persona 5. Um, yeah. So That's if you're, cool if you really like the too. music, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, and then you could like do like maybe like a different genre though. You could be like a country group. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in the, if you like the music from Persona 5, check out some acid jazz. That might be your jam. Um, Wait, Will so never thing- said what his favorite song was. Oh yeah, Will, what is it? I, uh, from Persona Five. Mine was chiming in with "Beneath the Mask." Beneath the Mask yeah, for yeah, me was just great. Okay, no, no love for Layer Cake in here, huh? I love Layer Cake. I do. I wrote a like ten Persona songs you should listen to on Spotify, and Layer Cake was definitely on there. Okay, that's good. I mean, number uh, one was "Rivers in the Desert," but that's because I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, that that's that's a common quality I find in people described as basic bitches is they love Rivers in the Desert from Persona Five. <laughs> no, I'm so annoying about it. You have to ask Tim next time he's on the podcast. Our local science museum has an exhibit called Water in a Dry Land, and every time oh, we go to that exhibit, I just start playing Rivers in the Okay, that is good. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, the music, I found this really interesting. Maguro said that he treated the entire soundtrack as one long song and then split it up into different beats. Um, That's really interesting. And so, like, yeah, and you can hear a lot of, like, repeating themes and repeating harmonies and intervals and things like that. And, like, it, it's it, it's crazy how varied the soundtrack still feels, you know, but it all still feels very cohesive at the same time. Um, it all, it, you can tell when something is from Persona 5, like, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. And, oh, another, uh, of course, another one music... of the songs I really like is, um, the dungeon theme for Futaba's dungeon. I think it's called When My Mother Was There. Yes! That one's very good. That one? Yeah, that one's very good. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, like, uh, of course these are the, all these songs are being, uh, remastered and remixed for Persona 5 Strikers. Woo! So we're getting new versions of all of these songs, as well as a bunch of new original tracks from these same people from Lin and, uh, Shoji Maguro. Oh, I need to So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, don't worry. I already did. Oh, yeah. by the way, I'm sorry. I, 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 of course. I don't know how much I can yell about this because I of course did it, but this is like the the worst shit. If you pre-order the deluxe edition of Persona 5 Strikers, you get it four days early. Oh yeah. Yeah. What? It's worth it. Yeah, which I did, obviously, but don't I I'm voting I didn't vote with my wallet, but I'm I'm gonna yell <laughs> instead. Can you get that on the Switch? Yeah, it's on all platforms, yeah. Okay. 
Persona 5 Strikers acknowledges that Hokkaido exists, and I'm so happy. <laughs> we love to see it. Hey, um, I live there. Whenever games acknowledge yeah. Hokkaido, I'm, I'm proud of them. We got to give the shout out. So, uh, like I said, this game was a huge hit in the West, uh, made it uh, won a lot of Game of the Year awards, was mentioned pretty much on every list of best games of 2017 over here. Um, again, let's just remember for a second that they started production on this in 2011. And it came uh, out in Japan earlier than 2017, right? Uh, yes, late, it came yeah, out in early, tw- early late 2016. 2016. Uh, me, late 2016. Was like, yeah, because okay. I, um, I was actually in Inaba a few days before it came out and like no one would shut up about it. So yeah, I remember that very <laughs> right. clearly. And then the English version came out in like April 2017 around yeah. there. Yes, um, I was still in so, college. So yeah, this was... Um, yeah, people people were angry. They had to keep waiting. <laughs> yeah, which well, I, I think we we've were all angry because again with strikers. <laughs> I I, lead, I lived in a dorm and I didn't have a TV of my own, so I had to go over to my friend's apartment to play it. And uh, we definitely didn't do work sometimes because we wanted to play Persona, which I think yes. we were totally valid. Very good. I you did not play it for a long time because not because I wasn't interested, but. One, I didn't have the hardware over in my house in Japan. And two, I got spoiled on a major plot point in the stupidest way. And I was just really mad. Wait, I don't remember this, Kate. You're going to have to tell me. All right. You're going to DM me. No, no. This is, this is going this in the is podcast. Spoiler cast, this is spoiler cast, yeah. Oh, right. Spoiler cast. So my fifth graders were doing a project where they had to make a poster of a country they wanted to go to a thing they Uh wanted to eat there and a person they wanted to meet and so we're in the computer room like googling pictures to like and i'm helping this one kid who's kind of a slow typer and he's looking up a picture of pentatonics because that's who he wants to meet and he types in wild and he types in pet and he's so slow typing that it autofills in pedusonago and it does a Google image search, and I see the now infamous picture of the two Goros in the two different outfits with Goro oh, in no. his like evil outfit and his Loki persona months like before the game was out in English. <laughs> and that's how I got spoiled on Persona 5, because my stupid wow. kid it wouldn't type fast enough. Type faster. Oh, man. Um, that's very good. Uh, I I played Persona Five in I think summer of 2019. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so two years ago ish. Um, yeah, I, I it right I, when I, it came out. Oh, okay. Wow, big shot over here. <laughs> Some of us didn't know it existed when it came out. So, <laughs> well, whose fault is that? Japan. That sounds, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, I, I got so hooked into it and I, I, it took me almost three months to beat this game because it is so fucking long. Um, it is. And if you really want to focus on like everything, it takes a really long time. Yeah. I think my time clocked in at like 95 hours. I don't, I don't remember my time, but I know what happened for me was my sister and my friend and me, we were all playing it at the same time. So on my sister was playing it on her own. Uh, because she lived in Raleigh, and me and my friend had the we had a shared file that we were both playing, um, and we had to split that file. We had to clone it because she was able to play it. She took her play, her PlayStation with her, and uh, she finished her file while I was at home, and I had to. Uh, I remember we were I was up at my sister's apartment for an anime convention and I finished Persona 5 that weekend and 
it was a lot to take and <laughs> I did um all of the stuff with it was basically everything past Sai's dungeon all in a weekend. <laughs> I was like That's insane. Oh my god. I and I want to point out Goro Akechi was my favorite character. I used one of those guides that like t- gives you every day in the game and it's like this is what you do on this day and this is what you do on this day to have like max stats. And See, max we were playing links. before those guides oh, wow. those guides came out. <laughs> or one either that or we didn't want to look them up in fear that we found spoilers. Yeah. But, I I remember this game so much for being like I think this is maybe the the first time since like I had played uh, Breath of the Wild that I like actually got completely like sucked into a game and like lost my whole life. Uh I just like I I I still have my notebook here where I have pages and pages of diagrams of me like trying to plan out personas growths and like figure out like okay this is like how to optimize this one i didn't okay. use any guys well at least you this. were allowed to uh choose the skills you wanted your personas to inherit because my sister and her friend did that in persona 3 where you're not allowed to choose what skills your personas inherit and it's just a random assortment and it took them three hours to fuse the persona they wanted that's disgusting and i don't want to talk about it okay um <laughs> Yeah. No, like no. I'm on the bus. I'm. I I lived. I went to a boarding school for high school. I went to essentially Hope's Peak. We're not going to talk about that. What? Uh, Sorry. What? Yeah, I went to a government funded. I went to a government funded school for the elite students in North Carolina. What was your? I went to Hope's Peak. What was your ultimate? What was your ultimate title? God, I don't know what I would have been. I was like, what did they tell you? What was it? How did you introduce yourself to everybody? You know, hey, hey, the Dog and Rumpa podcast is another day. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have to know what your ultimate ability was. I was probably like the ultimate fucking loser. Like, I don't know. I was not like <laughs> of all of the kids in my the friend group. Rumpa I was has taken a bold new direction. Um, but I was on the bus going to a shopping mall. We were in Durham, and they didn't want us walking anywhere because Durham's kind of a dangerous city. Uh, so we were uh. Actually, no, Durham's not really a dangerous city, but that part of Durham was. So I'm on the bus, Mm -hmm. and I get a phone call from my sister, so excited that she finally fused a Thanatos that had X, Y, and Z skills in Persona 3. (laughs) I was like, how long did this take you? She's like, it took us three hours. I was like, oh my god. Persona 5 uh, really did it with the quality of life improvements. Oh yeah, the Persona Fusion is so nice. It is. Uh, I love sticking my beloved Pokemon into the guillotine and chopping their heads off. Um, it's like when you it's like when you take a gummy bear and you bite the head off and then you stick the head onto another yes, color body. That is that's exactly, basically that's what exactly is. That's Persona 5. Um, so, Will, I think you're back with us. Uh, when did you play Persona 5? I played it last year, basically. So I, like, I think most of us are, was late to the Persona party. And uh, I kind of played it. Did along you play with Royal? I am playing Royal right now, so I'm going. I back haven't started Royal. I bought it though, because I have a PS5. I haven't started it yet though. Uh, I, Everyone play I Royal, the new social link guy. It's so cute. All I know is I love Maruki. He's baby. He's so cute. <laughs> I I'm like I, that that game like exhausted me so much. Like it is such a time commitment. I and you also Royal. get like super into it. That's part yeah. of the exhaustion, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I I remember I, like I frantically reloading saves because we messed a day up and like didn't get a social link rank up when we needed it. I watched my sister play some of uh, Royal while I was visiting her in March, and 
I saw the um, just the one like, additional day that they did the like trash pickup day where Maruki does the salt bay thing. Yeah, because he's. The uh, best. I was like, okay, he's my favorite. He's my favorite new character. Like. Uh, so yeah, Roy- I guess I guess we probably should have said Persona Five Royal is I guess best described as a director's cut edition of uh, of Persona yeah. Five. It basically just adds a bunch of content um, throughout. Uh, a lot of it sprinkled throughout the game, much like Maruki sprinkling the salt. But <laughs> it, uh, most of it is sort of at the end there. Yeah, uh, they a, add there's in a new third semester. Yeah, they add in that third semester. And I will um, say, for those of you who like optimization, like me, if you the third semester makes it a lot easier to do. We did wind up with several playable days at the end of the game where we really had nothing to do because we'd maxed all of our social links, maxed all of our stats, you know, we finished grinding out mementos. So it is definitely a lot. <laughs> Guess I'm less. eating another big burger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I eat all the big burgers. I caught the guardian in the, in the like little like um, manufactured fishing pond that Ryuji takes you to, just because we had so many extra days. I'm the uh, I'm the person who works at the manufactured fishing pond who put the guardian in there. So, <laughs> congrats! Wow, I, d- I did zero fishing. Oh my god! I don't think I fishing was in normal. I think it was in no. It was you could go with Ryuji to that like oh. weird. I never pond did. Pond or whatever. Yeah. yeah no, uh, it's the, so the Ichigaya fishing pond, it's a very real place. I've been there. It's a fully Ooh. manufactured pond where they dump fish every day and you like <laughs> sit around with a bunch of old men who are like smoking and drinking beer and you fish, but then you have to like toss your fish back because they belong to the fake pond. <laughs> Oh it's amazing it how like they the managed to collect. Experience. I, I was like, I was about. It's amazing how they managed to collect just so many things I hate and put them all together in one box. And for some goddamn reason, that is like how Ryuji likes to spend. Like, I love Ryuji, I do. But why does he I, like? I, to spend- well, I think Ryuji's a secret <laughs> boomer. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, the what was I going to say? He's he's pretty old fashioned in his ways. I think. Um. Yeah, so uh, basically at this point, like I, I'm, I'm hoping we haven't lost everybody yet with our or just screaming. But uh, like I said, Persona Five was a huge hit. So between that and Royal, they sold now 4.6 million copies. Uh, so good, respectable JRPG numbers, pretty good. Okay, yeah, that's um, more about what I was expecting to hear. Yes. Now, for reference, uh, across all editions, uh, Persona Four sold only about two million copies. Um, but 500,000 of those came on steam after just like a month. So wow, people were, yeah, they said that was actually the fastest selling JRPG on steam. If I remember at the time sold 500,000 copies in a month. To be fair, so, it was 2020 and everyone was looking for something to do. Yes, that is correct. Uh, I, I mean, even I bought it without the intention of playing it right away too. Like I was like, I gotta yeah. have this. <laughs> uh, cause they finally released it from its PS Vita prison. Oh yeah. My sister bought a PS Vita yeah. to do golden and i know uh, her she bought it used and her psv to like doesn't charge right or something <laughs> yeah whatever so uh let's kick this off will what is this game about sell me on it you have 30 seconds i mean it is the combination of fighting supernatural monsters and managing social life without getting anxiety or uh killing anyone so i mean Huh. I'd probably be my 32nd pitch. Bold. It's, it's kind of confusing. So behind I got anxiety. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice. Uh, Kate, what's your pitch? Go. It's a great story. And 
there's enough characters that you'll probably like at least one of them. That What a good solid sell. Elizabeth, what do you have? Do you like the idea of a power fantasy where you get to prove people wrong in like the best way possible? And do you like Pokemon? If so, Persona 5 is the game for you. <laughs> Go buy it today. Um, my pitch for this, which, which is how I was pitched on it in the first place and why I picked it up, is that this is the ultimate simulator for living out your childhood fantasy of being a superhero yeah it's you're a superhero you have pokemon yeah Yeah. yes you are you are by day a mild-mannered student going to school doing your fucking laundry hanging out with friends fulfilling social obligations doing your homework and at night you and your friends put on your fucking superhero suits and you dive into the metaverse and you save the world and and nobody knows who you are and nobody can know it is the perfect perfect superhero game and it, that is that is exactly what it is. And like it, it, there aren't like in Spider-Man games, like I'm not looking forward to being Peter Parker. Right. <laughs> but like in this game, like the social link stuff and like just going around and like fucking calling somebody on the phone is like somehow like just as fun as like actually going through the dungeons. Yeah. You know, hanging yeah. out with the aquarium with your friend. Yes. Come to the aquarium. Let's let's go eat at a cafe and just look at this piece. Let's of Let's go eat this max. fucking massive burger. <laughs> eat the biggest burger. It's bigger than your head. It is It's bigger than your cat. <laughs> it's bigger have than a, your cat. Have a cat who tells you to go the frick to sleep every night. Yeah. Oh, go man. to sleep. I love those memes of like Morgana just like holding a knife like time to go to sleep. My Her, friend has a shirt. I don't remember where she bought actually. it. One of my friends has a shirt that's like Morgana and it's the different like. You know, the, the UI in battle where it's like fight, item, persona. Yeah. The, all of those are like, nap. You must be tired. Let's go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> it's getting pretty late. It's like all different like ways to say go to sleep. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. funny. Uh, well, what were you saying? No, I'm just saying they for Persona 5 Royal, the maybe the best change they made was they slightly, I think, toned down how aggressive Morgana is about going to sleep. So they slightly pulled back on go to bed now, please. Yeah, they, they gave you more things to do at night in Royal. Yeah. I yeah. remember when I watched my sister and her friend play it, uh, they were like, oh, we can actually do things. We can, we can hang out with uh, the, um, the uh, I don't remember what social link he is, the politician guy. She was like, yeah. okay, oh, yeah, 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 now we hang out with him at night. And I was like. Whoa. The cat's not telling you to go to sleep? Oh, <laughs> he still does. He very much still does. It's a suggestion now. So uh, I want to talk about like the themes of this. Like, I mean, like, I think the main theme, what one thing that for me, and you can see it in the games that I like the most, they are, they are games that find a theme and then they build around the theme. Like this game is built all around the theme of there is no justice unless you make it like that. That is kind of the whole point of the whole thing is that it is an exercise in learning what the justice of the world is like, and then learning to create it yourself and when to not create it. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's really awesome. So like, does anyone have any, any thoughts on like uh, other, other themes and like kind of how they play into this and how they're well, building on that? What I would say is I just think everyone who plays this game is going to find something to relate to in these, these corrupt adults, these corrupt individuals that, that the phantom thieves take on what um whether you know it's a, it's a corrupt politician it's a sexual harasser or assaulter whether it's you know a mentor who isn't 
maybe on the up and up, whether it's the loss of a family member, every single player of Persona 5 is going to find something to relate to in what the Phantom Thieves fight against. Yeah, I think we have all, all of us at some point in our lives have experienced some injustice of the world, like especially when we were children, like you looked at something happening and you realized at some point that this was wrong and that there was nothing you could do about it and it hurt you. Her Persona 5 says, you can do something about it. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's the great part about it. Mm -hmm. And you you look flashy while you're doing it and you're like, this is everything I want. And you and your friends get to put on cool costumes and go kick people. Yeah. I mean, the, game, the game starts with this very real, very raw situation where there's a teacher who has too much power in the school system who abuses students and the school system lets him get away with it because he brings in results. And it's the first couple minutes of the game, you feel so powerless. And the game says, hey, do you want the power to fix this? And you're like, hell yeah. And the game says, well, here it is. The beginning of Persona 5, I think, is actually probably the best part of Persona 5. Um, I have some things I want to say about Persona 5 and how the game progresses. But the beginning of Persona 5 is so powerful and so, like, it was so... You 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 see these students and they're all like they all have a different horror story about this teacher and you're like I want to do something to help these kids. Yeah. And like that's great. It's it's I think it's scaled extremely well and paced well because it starts off with something that like where you the player are like this teacher is like sexually abusing the students like I am going to fucking I'm going to fuck this guy up, right? And like you do that and you're like, you feel the satisfaction of exerting the justice that the system won't won't exert for you. But then like the characters in the story, you know, as as you would if you were a teenager, get in over their heads. Yeah. Like it is what would happen if, if you were in high school doing it, you know, too. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. They're still yeah. kids. Yeah. And th- that is important to to understand when they make the decisions they do is that they are children like and they have it. They have not had the 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 experience that like even people like you know in, we're in our twenties like have had. You know, just they still got to go home and do their homework. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, got to study yeah. for your exams. So yeah, I, I guess let's let's close up on like yeah. Um, Persona Five Strikers is really exciting. Uh, so Persona Five Strikers is a sequel to Persona Five. It is a. Uh, Basically, it is literally just a second game in the series with different combat, though. Um, yes. So it does use live combat. Um, I have been, from reading the reviews and such, I have uh, ga- uh, gathered that it is not really a Musou game as much as it is sort of just a live combat, like, hack and slash with RPG elements. It looks like it falls much more towards, like, Bayonetta or something like that. Um, but, like, the really the, the fun of it is apparently in the elemental uh, advantages and character switching and stuff like that. Um, so like other, th- but other than the combat, literally everything else is just like, it's just like persona five again. Um, and this story takes place six months after the end of the first game. So yeah, I am really excited. I'm so stoked that like one of my favorite games of all time is getting a sequel. I like yeah. so excited. Um, and Elizabeth, you mentioned some of your issues with this game. I have my- to say my, oh, just real quickly. I only have one real one, which is the fucking cruise ship. <laughs> Fuck me. Throw me on a stick, kill me. I'm. The I just cruise like ship takes a really long time. The cruise ship is ten hours mouse? longer than it should be. 
Do you, you want to be, be a mouse? <laughs> do you want to be a mouse? And then do you want to do it again 78 times? You know, it's the only dungeon where we have that feature, except for the one time the one enemy can maybe turn you into a mouse. And that's maybe. <laughs> um, so what what were some of your gripes, I my, guess, with this? My, my real gripe is about actually the character writing. Because I think all of the characters are really strong and really well done, except the fact that they try to jam them all into the Persona 4 tropes. And you know, I know like only Kate... Will, have you played Persona 4? Not really. Okay, so it's only me and Kate who know this. Um, that was mm-hmm. my main problem with it, because Ryuji and An were so well written in that first chapter... They both really stood out to me. They had their own beliefs. Ryuji was this guy who saw his, you know, who was abused, but also saw his friend getting abused by the same person who hurt him. It was like, I have to do something about this. And I don't care what it takes. And then after that dungeon, they made him a uh, herder. I'm so stupid. Uh, women should, women are just t- like tools. They basically made him a misogynist. They basically made him Yosuke. Um, oh, you don't want to, You never want to go full Yosuke. Uh, they basically jammed him into the Yosuke trope, and then kind of jammed on into like the ha sexy girl. Even though her whole beginning story was about how she was being sexually abused, and she didn't want to be like that anymore. And then they were like, "No, let's just make her sexy girl." Um, and then they tried to, they also tried to make Mona and Ryuji into how Teddy and Yosuke were in Persona 4, but they didn't set it up as well. So it ended up not working and it ended up having a lot of people either hating Mona or hating Ryuji by that time that they were having the fallout in game because Teddy and Yosuke have this kind of like older sibling, younger sibling dynamic where they will like riff on each other a lot. They'll be mean to each other, but you know, it's not really, it's not really like how they actually feel, but they try to do that with Mona and Ryuji and it doesn't come off that way. It doesn't quite work out that way. So my big problem with the, with the game is actually that they kind of did their characters a disservice by trying to make it like Persona 4 because Persona 4 did so well. That was that was well, my yeah, that was I, my major problem with it. I really I really love it, but I think the I think the fandom does a better job with the characters than the actual writers of the game did. One thing to that effect, which I I did forget, I I, I totally like. I did not notice this at all while playing the game, and that's that's my own fucking fault. Uh, but the uh, I, I watched a video on this later and just like had my mind blown about like. Makoto's personality changes pretty much by the minute to whatever it would take to make her the most attractive at that moment to you. Yep. And like, sounds about right. Yeah. And like, again, I I felt so, I felt so like shitty because like I had literally did not notice and I was like, oh, I fucking love Makoto, right? Because that's what they wanted. But like, after kind of like seeing that, I was like, okay, this character is like nine characters. Like, reel it in, guys. And like, the thing is, all of the characters are the strongest in their introduction arc. And then once they come out of that chapter, they're Uh kind of reduced to like a tropey kind of thing. Like, Yusuke is reduced to the weird kid, right? He's like Yukiko. uh, We love love how weird he is. I love how weird he is. But the game game gives you so many options that are like, be mean to him because he's weird. And you're like, what, no. Sorry, K- uh, Kate, what were you saying? 
I think that Persona 3, 4, and 5 all have that issue because of how the game is structured. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I just noticed it more. I just noticed it more in 5. With 3, 3 did a really good job because the you know how in um, 5, once you get the characters to their max social link, they get a Persona upgrade? And it kind of shows how like their personality changed over the course of their social link? Yeah. Persona 3 actually has that built-in game. There are certain events that happen in-game that cause the characters to awaken their persona, so you get them all at different points. That's interesting. That also lets you ex- show the character's growth and how it affects them in the story rather than only in the social links. Because, right. like, you know how it is in Persona 4 with Yosuke, where you're, where you're like, Yosuke sucks. Like, he is the yes. worst. He's a misogynist. But then you do his social link, and he gets better. But then you don't, you, you know, because the game doesn't know at what point the social link you're on by the time you're doing the story. So then it's like in the story, he's never gone through that change. I understand what you're saying. I will say that I, from the reviews I've read that Persona 5 Strikers does rectify a lot of that because it shows the characters like different people right from the get go. They have like learned from their previous experiences in the last game and they are different people okay. than they were. Yeah, before. I, I hope that's the case because I, th- I feel like Ryuji kind of was the worst about it. Ryuji got I will, done I will such agree a with disservice. That. I yes. love Ryuji. My, he, Ryuji's my sister's favorite character in Persona 5. And the game just kind of threw his character out the window after that first powerful arc where he was like, I don't care what happens to me. My friend is in trouble and I need to stand up for her. I don't care if I get expelled. I agree. I I agree with the story thing being a little different. I do think that at the end, like where like uh, at the cruise ship part where like Ryuji does like, you know, in like with the intent of dying, like sacrifice himself to like help everybody is like sort of the result of that character. Arc yes. But then at the and then when he comes back, everyone's like mean to him instead of yeah, being like, like we're what the so fuck glad are you that you're yeah, back, that was... Ryuji. We're, we were so worried <laughs> about you. What is that? What was I that? Think, I really think a lot of this, though, is that these characters are high school students and I think we're viewing them. I mean, everyone on this podcast is adults and I think we're viewing them through an adult lens. Whereas high school students are dumb little idiots. They're changeable. Yeah. I'm trying to apply rationality to their, their, uh, their thought process. Yeah. That was my main, my main, these adult character, these high school characters as if they were adults. Yeah. I mean that just the, the story kind of manipulating the characters' personalities to fit, what they needed at the time was my big kind of problem with that was like my big issue with persona five other than the transphobia and the homophobia which every persona game has which hopefully will go away now that we have a different head writer uh that would be cool but um, I, yeah i also want to uh, oh well quickly who did everybody uh romance because i definitely romance tifumi and i she didn't was my romance favorite. anyone because i'm everyone <laughs> you suck I romanced everybody. The everyone option is possibly the most fun. I did it. I did it, the everybody option. Oh, you did it? Oh, yeah. wow. Was it did did you feel good on Valentine's Day? Eh, I deserved it. <laughs> Real question though. <laughs> what I knew I was a what, piece of shit. I did deserve that. What dumb things did y'all name your protagonist? Because I was a nasty crime boy. Oh, I did the same thing I do for every JRPG, which is uh two words, Dinah Max. Oh, I like um, that. <laughs> so my my our protagonist, me and my friend's dual file, his name was a uh, Corvid Edge, I wanna say. Like the what? word for crow and then edge. 
And I so want to say my sister played Persona 5 in an apartment with other people who walked by when she was naming her protagonist. And she was like, guys, what do you want to name him? And her roommate was like, he looks like a little white boy. You need to name him Brett with three T's at the end. I don't know why that came in. I think they mistyped it. And then they're like, no, it's perfect. We have to keep that. Yeah, Brett, Brett, his Brett. last name was Brit Brat. So he's Brit Brat. Oh, I like that a lot. Brit Brat. Brett, 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 uh, he, we we stand. We have That's no choice right. to stand. No, yeah, uh, we must. Okay, so let's let's close out uh, with our traditional question: Are there enough ghosts in this game? Wait, how did we get through an entire podcast about Persona Five and no one talked about Goro Akechi? Because I'm scared if I talk about Goro Akechi, I will go down a rabbit hole. Oh yeah, <laughs> because, we. I have a note here to talk sister, about. My yeah. sister and my friend can tell you that day I finished Persona Five in their apartment. I was just sitting there like, this is bullshit. This whole thing's bullshit. You know Goro what? Actually, no, Kate, okay, no, okay, this works out. Uh, talk, talk to me about the ghost Goro Kechi. What? <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't. I Wait, think do you know what's really hilarious about you saying that? I have a Goro Kechi keychain that I bought while I was in Japan, and we went to this cafe. It was like a like a themed restaurant, but not like an anime themed restaurant. It was like themed around Japanese ghosts, where we went in and. Uh, you know, one of our friends got like a fucking Japanese funeral. He he sat in a coffin. We got these headbands. The like, you know, in like anime, when you see like a, it's like the Japanese like ghost, like the spirit marking headband. Uh, and I had that tied around my Goro Akechi plush just as a, a way to bring it home with me. Uh, for like a year, so he was like a little ghost. <laughs> but no, what, are, what the fuck are they doing over there? What are you talking he about? Was great. <laughs> Goro is a great character. Like, okay. he's, he's not super well written in the. I think his writing is improved in Royal. I'm just going to say, yep. I love that dumb meme boy. He is my favorite character. His he's voice my actor is too. my favorite voice actor. And my favorite Persona 5 meme is someone, like, angrily posted on a forum, stop talking about Goro, but they misspelled it grew. So the... <laughs> so me yes. and my husband exclusively refer to him as Gru Akechi. Oh, I love that. Uh, I... Sorry. Also, fun fact, Goro has possibly one of the most, like, obvious names this side of Remus Lupin. He is named for both the literary detective character Kogoro Akechi and Akechi Mitsuhide, who is a historical figure who stabbed his lord and is basically associated in Japanese history with the concept of betrayal. Were, uh, <laughs> if we were to give all the characters English names, I would I would make Goro Akechi somewhere along the lines of Benedict Arnold Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I understand now. Um, yeah, so uh, Akechi, I think I had the same reaction that pretty much every streamer that I've had, which is, is that Light Yagami? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love oh, when he comes on the screen. No, I, I, I think his character was uh, pretty interesting. I, I thought that his ending was like not as. I think they, they, I think they thought the writers thought the ending was more. His ending was more dramatic than it really was. Like, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I would was love not to. Not happy about his ending in. Uh, um, but we'll see him. We'll I see play. him again in uh, in Strikers. Hey, so. here Strikers. No, there is a. There, he's in the trailer, but it's it's him in the metaverse. It's not like him in his real body. So I don't know how he's coming back, but he's coming back. So Nirav, can the post credits of this podcast just be me saying that Persona Five Royal has a post credit scene? 
Did you just want to? Yeah. Okay. Can you can you give me a clean take of that? Persona Five Royal has a post credit scene. Please watch past the credits. Okay. Thank you. I think we got that. One. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> let's uh. Let's. We, I don't want to run too long. So let's get out of here. Uh, welcome everybody to uh, Time for Games. Uh, this is going to be our game today. We are playing uh, Persona or a Person. Huh? Okay. Huh? <laughs> I like it. Huh? Okay. 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 All right. So okay. what I've done here is I've gone back through the series. So these could be from any of the Megami Tensei games. And um, this, uh, what I have here, I'm going to read you a name and you're going to tell me, is this thing a persona or is this just somebody who worked on persona 5 okay (laughs) um there's a lot of them that are that kind of toe that line pretty well um so what i want you to do sort of when you hear a name is sort of imagine joker like yelling it in that way so like for this first one we have uh daisuke kanada so just think about like daisuke kanada like what does that sound right yeah is is that a person or is that a persona i think that's a person yeah that's a person that's someone's name a lot of these are someone's name, bud. This one is a person, though. <laughs> um, how about this one? Nobuyasa Ushio. Person who works it's on Persona person. 5. It's a person. That is a person. Okay. All right. How about this one? Toby Kato. Persona. Person who works on what? Persona 5. Person. That's a persona. You don't know Toby, <laughs> the persona? No, not Toby the persona. Uh, okay, uh, I tried to get I tried to get some international people too. So I've I've so just so you know, there are some non Japanese ones I pulled from like localization teams. Toby and stuff. the persona. <laughs> My new favorite. Wait, I love which him. which persona game is Toby the persona from? Toby Kato is uh, from Persona Two, I believe. Um, <laughs> My persona is a Toby from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, okay, that'd be very good. Uh, okay, how about this one? Damien Mugakos. Person! Please tell that's me that's person. not that's something. I know, you think it's a, I know you think it's a person. Okay, it, that one is a person. How do you feel about Marshall Tunpang? Marshall? You know Marshall? Is he a Marshall's persona? A persona? Marshall is a persona. What? Marshall Tunpang is a person. Pers- in which Toby, <laughs> Toby um, and Marshall. It was from one of these are all from the earlier ones. Uh, <laughs> okay. That so I wanted to make sure they weren't ones you'd heard before. Um, You're right. I certainly yeah. haven't heard these before. Yeah, for sure. How about Miho Obara or Miho Obara? <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> now person. you're thinking. I want to say person, <laughs> but I've said person for every single one of these. So uh, persona. <laughs> I'm going persona uh, just for the, the shout. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one is a person. Damn. Uh, how about uh, Sarutobi Sasuke? That is a persona! That is a persona! Oh, you know that one? Ah, fuck. No one is named that! <laughs> okay. Uh, th- this persona is named that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a stupid My persona thing. is Sasuke. It's just, <laughs> it's just Sasuke? <laughs> just Sasuke himself, huh? <laughs> uh, okay, how about Kundali Vidrayaja? What? Persona? Or is that just an Indian guy? It could just be an Indian guy. Could be, it's just be an Indian guy. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Indian guy. 
Uh, that one is a persona. <laughs> Kundali Vidrinata. I'm sorry, Indian people named that. Yeah. How about Valerie Arem? That's a person? Valerie yeah, Arem. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to say that's a person. I'm that say- one's a person. Now, oh. what, this is our last one here. What do you think about Robin Goodfellow? Persona. 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 That's freaking you know Puck Robin? From, that's oh, Puck damn. from Shakespeare. You can't even. That's Shakespeare. Just damn it. I just get looked your at Shakespeare I, out of here. That one is definitely a persona. Uh, I just kind of like lost my goddamn mind. I was like scrolling through this list. I was like, Robin Goodfellow? That's just a guy. <laughs> he's a good fella. He's just a he's, good fella. He's just a good fellow. Actually, so there are third tier personas in Royal, and like one of them is just named Diego. So like you can't have a I also saw third one. tier persona is William. <laughs> I also saw oh, one that was just named Michael. That's an archangel. I figured it was, but like I was just like, no, this is Michael. Just, just your Michael. persona, you know, just your personas hanging out in, in the classroom. You know, I just remember play that. a persona game where all the personas were just like white office dudes. I want to play a persona game where all of the personas have the uh, human names and all of the humans have the persona names. Oh, that'd be good. Yes. Somebody, I, I remember from the uh, an old podcast from Cool Games Inc. They had a discussion about uh, like an old persona game. Like it's just persona, but it takes place in a retirement home. Oh my god! Wait, did someone do um? And everybody's Golden Arcane Girls persona. Isn't what? someone hacking that? <laughs> Maybe. I, I believe you. I don't know about it, but I, I believe you. But no, if you play Royal and you get Ryuji all the way up to his third tier persona, like literally in battle, he'll be like, go, will Go, Diego, go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the episode title? Oh, that might be the episode title. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's, let's close out. Um, let's... Uh, so I'm sorry, I, I typed too fast and I wrote closey as the timeline. <laughs> That's also a persona. Closey. That, no, that could be like, seriously, I'd believe it. I, I just always think about like, sometimes I just like want to yell like, Saki Mitama, like apropos of nothing. It's fine. Go Diego, go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, let's 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 close out. So, thank you guys for uh, joining us today. Um, yeah, we are. Um, we you can find us at gamebuster.com. You can find us on Twitter at gamebusterspod. Um, if you want to throw us any suggestions about games to cover, anything like that, or just see some good memes, <laughs> please follow <laughs> us there. Um, so yeah, you can uh, also find us on YouTube at youtube.com/gameluster. So uh, yeah, thanks to our guests for showing up here. So Kate. What are you working on right now? What's going on? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Derletston Taunts. And then my husband and I are also doing a YouTube series where we talk about the real life locations behind video games. And we will be doing a Shibuya episode in the future. Yeah. The console tours is like really fun, actually. I'm, I'm yeah. enjoying it. We're currently been, going through to... uh, Hokkaido as portrayed in the Pokemon games. But we are going to have Inaba and Shibuya episodes for the Persona series. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Elizabeth? Uh, I'm not really working on anything right now. I've been playing a Just lot. sort of the se- working on yourself. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Minecraft, which I can't even say is like a good thing. But you can find <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at, at Punsona with a zero instead of an O. 
Uh, yeah, lo- there we go. Punsona Five. Look for it soon. Um, That's what it's Will, from. What about actually, you? no, I don't really have anything good to plug right now. I mean, okay. likewise, I am burning through a game right now with Five Royal, but uh, yeah, hopefully, I'll come up with something interesting. I mean. If people can come up with persona names like these, I should be able to come up with something interesting to talk about. Kumail Nanjiani! (laughs) That one might just be a guy. Um. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, so uh, I am uh, working on a video. Uh, Of course, I have to... I'm still working on writing the script because it's seven pages long now of my magnum opus which is a sort of teardown of literary structure and narrative history as a whole using Shadow the Hedgehog as a medium. Um, and uh, that video is going to be up. Uh, it'll definitely be up this month. I don't know when. Um, well, I also have a video um, I did with my friends called Let's Make a Chelsip, where uh, this is very cute, by the way. My, my, my good friends, Ryan and Chelsea, who are married, they Ryan has a, a hobby, I guess, of going into various video games with character creators and trying to make like the most like looking replica of his wife and then making her do horrible shit in the game. (laughs) (laughs) So like, uh, I, so I sat down with Ryan and Chelsea and we went into fallout 76 and we made a Chelsea, which is her evil twins name. And, uh, we took it out into the world and started doing some heinous things. So, uh, look out for that soon. That that's going to be up this next week. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's probably it. But yeah, hit us up at Game Busters Pod. Uh, you can hit me up at Gondizi on Twitter as well. Um, so I think, uh, Kate, you brought Junko, right? So you won the Hall of Fame last year? Yep. We are trapped in jail uh, with with fake f- fucking Igor or wh- whatever. What's his name? Is Igor. it Igor? It is Igor. Igor. <laughs> okay. We're trapped in jail. Can you please speak the catchphrase or, or incantation that we can use to get out of here? Sure. And get back to eating the big burger. So to everyone listening, uh, remember to fight the adults, take hearts, stand up against corruption, and uh, enjoy some delicious pancakes. (laughs) I will. Persona 5 Royal has a post-credit scene. Please watch past the credits.